Today, I interview Sebastian Schäffer, who has his own marketing agency with a team of 10 people. And I'm super excited to talk about business. So welcome to the podcast today. Hello and welcome to the Successful, Sensitive and Intuitive Entrepreneur podcast. My name is Lydia Sophia Wilmsen and I am an intuitive success mentor for sensitive entrepreneurs. In this podcast, I speak about the challenges sensitive and intuitive entrepreneurs face. I offer you new perspectives and solutions, as well as experiences of other entrepreneurs. Plus, I speak about my personal experience of being a highly sensitive person who has successfully built and scaled two businesses. All of that with the goal to make you and your business even more successful in your very unique and authentic way. Have fun and enjoy. As you all know, the, the audience knows, the first question I always ask is like, tell us a little bit more about you. Tell us a little bit about your story and how you started your business or like what your business is actually about. Just like some sentences with a little bit of background information. Sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not the typical entrepreneur uh, that had his lemonade booth and sold lemonade uh, to make his first money when he was 15 or whatnot. Um, I started out having a normal job. I worked in marketing. I worked in, in business development for six years um, in, uh, in Hamburg back in the day. I moved to Berlin to join a startup and worked in product management um, then after that started, uh, co-founded another startup, which also failed. Um, so a lot of interesting steps along the way. Um, and during that time, I actually um, took my first steps uh, to do something on my own. Um, I, I built websites on the side and, and started to, to build a small online business. And yeah, that's, uh, that's how I got started. And uh, four years ago now, I started the agency and... We've grown to 10 people and multiple six figures in revenue. So it's going well. It was a good step. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's super interesting what you shared about not the typical or what we see as a typical, you know, like, ah, oh, he started in, in his like garage, you know, at the age of 15. And now he's like a multi-billionaire or something. Mm. Like, what would you say about yourself? Like when you look back in school or how you grew up, did you have this at all in mind or what was your path would you have like what would you have uh, what would you have pictured you in like successful career or was there something about hmm, i might do my own thing at some point hmm. i to be honest i never really thought about that at all um i didn't even know what i wanted to study until i had to make the decision and then i applied uh, to a few places but wasn't really into it um i was always an online geek, you could say. So I was building online communities when I was like 16, um, was really heavy in the gaming uh, gaming space before it was cool. Now uh -huh. I feel it's cooler <laughs> back then, not so much. Um, but it helped me a lot to, to develop um, skills to just move around online. I, I knew a lot about how to build websites and a lot of useful skills I, I developed in the, in the early days. But I never thought about applying them to make money. Mm. Um, I had some ideas during university, but that never turned out. Uh, like we never really started and I, I never really pushed for it. Mm. Um, so it was not an option. But one thing I realized is I'm not the best employee, I think, because I, I can be quite rebellious when I think things don't make sense. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, no, I don't want to do it that way. Why do we have to? And whenever there's a conflict like that, I, I realized I don't want to work in an environment that just follow certain rules, even though they don't make sense necessarily. And I think ultimately that pushed me to more and more to do my own thing. Mm. Um, but it, it was not a, a plan. Mm. It's not a master plan that I had when I was 16 mm. uh, to conquer the world. So basically, <laughs> to conquer the world. So basically, it came more like how to say that it was a necessity because of how you were as a person that you it wasn't the nicest to be an employee as you said and at the same time you basically stumbled into it like it just came your way so when i hear that what would you say like what advice would you give to others like how can one apply that to growing a successful business exactly that like because you just stumbled into that but would be interesting what your opinion is on that like how to now 
properly apply that, like reverse engineering, basically. Yeah, I think it all starts with awareness, right? I, to be honest, I wasn't super aware when I was younger. I could have started much earlier. And sometimes I think, uh, well, you could have done this like 15, 20 years ago. And who knows where it would be, but not a very useful thought. But awareness is, is a good step to understand, okay, what actually is the environment that makes me happy and what situation, what constellation, team constellation, whatever it is, like, how do I work best? Mm -hmm. How do I can bring the best of myself to the table and, and then slowly move in that direction? And that doesn't have to be entrepreneurship, right? Um, that's, that's a cool thing, but it's very easy to get caught up in, in the idea of entrepreneurship because we watched the social network and have seen Mark Zuckerberg making millions, right? That's, it's, a, it's an easy trap to fall into, but I think it's a much better uh, process to listen to what feels true to you and then follow down that path wherever it leads. Um, but then ultimately, that, and if that leads to entrepreneurship, it will enable you to do much more. It will, it will come from an, like an intrinsic motivation to, to do that and you will feel much better. Um, instead of just pushing for it because you think it's cool. And that's something I did in the early days, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Because you thought it like, now nerdiness is cool, so <laughs> like lots yeah, of, I, make lots of money with it. No, I'm joking. I, I moved to, to it and also from, from a sense of pain, right? Because I, I, I realized, okay, I'm, there, there is some kind of conflict um, that I, I'm causing myself because of how I approach things, how I think about things. And so I moved away from pain, but it was not a conscious move towards a better future in that moment. Mm. Ultimately, I think it, it, it was a good move. Mm. But um, if you can do it, it's better to be aware and then move towards pleasure instead of moving away from pain. Mm. But pain is a strong motivator, so yeah. I'm, I'm not complaining. Yeah. Okay, you, you put so much into there. It's like, where shall I start? <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's let's go back to this move away from pain thing. And then I want to go back to the environment. And then I want to go back to something even before. But um, the, the, the away from pain, because now you said it's might, it might be better to follow this, what is your desire, like instead of away from towards to. Like why? Because pain, as you said, is a powerful motivator. Why would you think that is just, you know, It's personal, so everyone can his or have his or her own perspective. So what would you say makes it better to follow desire instead of going away from pain? Yeah, first of all, I think it's a personal decision. Okay. And I, I know a lot of people who would say they don't want to choose pleasure as their main motivator. And especially in the entrepreneurial space, there are a lot of people who don't choose that because the pain gives them an edge. And pain translates into the fear of not being enough, the, the, the need to be, to, to have some kind of status, um, money, whatever it is that gives you the feeling of, okay, I have achieved something that that's why I'm worthy of whatever you're missing, right? Love, usually acceptance, whatever it is. It's a strong motivator and it, it works really well. Um, the question is, does it make a happy life? Mm -hmm. So that the core question is more, what do you want from life, mm. right? And um, that's that's something I, I mean, we, we talked a lot about this um, before and that I, I still trying to, to identify and define for myself what makes a meaningful life and what makes fulfillment, like wh where does it come from? But one thing I can say, it probably doesn't come from pain. So I'm trying pleasure now and it's, a, it's an ongoing process of testing and to see where the balance is mm -hmm. but from my experience pushing through pain or being motivated by pain long term without feeling a sense of fulfillment is the best way of burning out mm -hmm. and I've been there don't want to go back there I think it's a, it's a healthier path to find something that pulls you instead of something that pushes you and you have to run away from the whole time Oh, I love that. And you make a very powerful statement or even claim here with this, like pain gives them an edge, like pain gives the hustle entrepreneurs an edge. Um, yeah, I think not everyone will love you for that. So you can be happy because you don't want to be loved by everyone anymore. Um, so, 
Can you give us perhaps a little bit of insight? Because obviously, like I talk a lot about that um, when it comes like to my marketing with what kind of people I work, like with people who want to have success with ease and enjoy what they are doing. So I obviously target those people. However, I have never been so much in the proper hustle culture. And you have done that. Like you have been in startup culture. You have done this yourself. You had a burnout. Okay, I had this like everyone nowadays had this, I think, at some mm -hmm. point. But can you give us perhaps some more, like you mentioned this already, like, you know, like those feelings which are there, which are covered up and running away from them. Can you give us just a little bit more insights into the hustle culture, into the startup entrepreneurship culture? culture? Yeah. It's, and it can be positive. That's a tough one. It can be positive as well. You don't have to like destroy everything now. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Uh, I, I think there entrepreneurship in itself like that the space in itself is amazing because it's it's creating something right and you, you create something out of nothing which is to me amazing um and i, I really enjoy that process the where it becomes problematic is where when when you do that because you need you feel you have to in order to fill like a a, a, a hole in, in in yourself right it's like a, i need to be that successful entrepreneur to make that money to have that status uh, be invited to what whatever it is mm -hmm. for you right uh, to to then accept myself right that's and to be honest that's not a very conscious process yeah. right it's it just happens so i i wouldn't say the hustle culture is a, it's a very conscious space um because it's it's much easier to to work 80 hours a week and to not think about mm -hmm. these things um, and that's probably the reason why um, I also work so much um, that that it's easier to forget other things um, and not question why am I doing these things in the first place. And yeah, I think that's that's the core problem. It's the lack of awareness and and just distraction. So distract I distract myself from deeper questions or the the lingering feeling of something is not mm -hmm. there. And I. I use the feeling of I have to achieve more to keep going so I don't actually look left and right and or stop and think, okay, is that where I want to go? Um, because the, and I think there, the, there's two things. One is the, the internal conflict that we don't want to face our fears. That's, I think, obviously a, a strong one. But at the same time, there's also a lot of social conditioning mm -hmm. where the image of that hustling entrepreneur is is a good thing mm. or it's seen as a positive uh thing it's a hard worker right it's like that's a positive thing it's not a negative uh thing so um I, i think these things work together to to make it really hard to break out and say no i'm not gonna work so hard i'm gonna take it mm. a year off and try to figure out what i want to do with my life uh, that's not a, a thing you hear that often yeah. um even though it happens more and more which is which is good i think yeah Yeah, and I think you are a little bit at the forefront there as well because it's at least one of your goals or one of your ideas to to bring more like consciousness into that into that space and bring like personal development, personal growth into a very hardworking business world. So that would be interesting. Yeah, um, I, I think, and that's it's interesting. I think maybe it's it's a bit different from your audience, which is probably a lot more aware than the the average. Um, I don't know, um, let's say that the average user of the, the, the groups that I used to be in, um, and mm -hmm. I count myself uh, to that, um, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's a strong need for both, right? There's a need on one side, maybe to to learn from the hustle culture, where, because there's a yeah. lot of really good things, very process-driven, structured, um, achievement-oriented processes, which makes a lot of sense if you want to build a big business. And then on the other side, there is what I just mentioned. There is the, the need for slowing down reflection, introspection, awareness, and, and maybe realigning a few things um, instead of just follow, following a, a blueprint someone else uh, made for you. Mm. Yeah, no, I like that. And I think that turns back um, to that question I wanted to to ask you from before around environment, like what do you want to create for yourself? Like instead of running away from pain and instead following your own pleasure or following your own like desires, like what would be 
if you're so conditioned to following what the other people say, like how would you tell people? And I have like a wide um, range of people who listen in. So this might be super. And by the way, this is also super useful for people who are already aware because we so very quickly and frequently fall back into old patterning. Even someone who is super conscious and super aware, which is also just sometimes, you know, nice words for that and doesn't really need to mean that this is actually in the package. Mm. So what would be your your answer or some some ideas on how to start that process? What were the first steps you took? Just not that you have to be perfect, just like the first steps that people can take to instead of running away from pain. And usually it's like, I don't have enough money. I need to be, I need to be someone, you know what you said, like filling this inner void. Mm, how can we shift this back to what do I actually desire? What do I want and shift the business back to that or start a business on, on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to give a good answer to that uh, simply because I'm not a good example, right? It's like my, mm -hmm. my path was, I, I didn't, take slow steps in that direction. I worked hard until I, achi I achieved certain goals that I had and then realized, oh, wow, nothing has changed. I still feel not great, unworthy, whatever, right? So I, I took the, like, I was very focused on making this work. So mm -hmm. there was no slow process. And that's ultimately mm -hmm. after like realizing, okay, there's no change that is where I realized, okay, my, my thinking is wrong. I approach mm -hmm. it from a wrong angle because I keep doing the same things, expecting different results. And that's, I think Albert Einstein said, expecting different results. If you do the same thing, it's a sign of stupidity. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. okay, maybe I'm... That's me, stupid. Yeah, it's like, it's, uh, that's maybe not the best approach, right? So that's when I started switching and, and thinking okay. differently. And that's when we started talking, really. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. my recommendation, if if you feel there is there's something not fully aligned, get someone from the outside who can help you through the process because it's so easy to tell yourself a good story. Um, that's uh, it's that's the easiest thing. You're the easiest person to lie to. So yeah. get some outside help to help you reflect on what is going on, the, your own conditioning, the patterns that you have, and then someone to guide you through that process. Uh, I think that's mm -hmm. the most helpful thing and something I, I learned only recently, um, also through having a personal trainer in, in sports, just getting outside help in many different areas. Um, but that's another sign of my, my pattern, trying to be competent, mm -hmm. trying to do everything myself. No, it doesn't have to be. It can be easier. And that's, but that's a choice. Easy is mm. a choice to a certain extent, right? Coming from a somewhat privileged background, obviously. Um, but yes, it is a choice. So get help. And that's that's the best advice I can give, I think. And then the rest mm. will develop from there. Mm. And yeah, of course, super, super helpful. And I think it's super nice that you also mentioned the um, the personal trainer, you know, and this Perhaps also in hustle culture or in Western societies in general, we are so focused on you have to do it alone. And if you don't manage to get it done by yourself, then it's nothing worth. So if you help have help on your side, then it's basically nothing worth. It's no. only worthy or good when you have achieved it alone, which itself is stupid because I think when you like when you think back of having built your agency, yeah, you have people, like you have team members, so you don't do it alone. And you have people like um, your partner or other people to bounce back ideas or friends. So I think this idea of I am doing it alone, it, does, it doesn't work at all. Because also there are people who grow food for you so that you have something to eat. So, you know, you couldn't do it alone because then you would already, already be dead. Yeah. So if you just take this concept further, yeah, it's so funny that it still, still until today is so strong, this I have to do it alone mentality. Yeah, uh, I, Thank you for bringing it up. That's a lot of conditioning as well. I mean, I grew up in a middle-class family. Um, like to my parents, it's it was weird to have a cleaning lady or help with cleaning the house for a long time because employing someone and letting someone else work for you was a negative thing. So it's that is how I grew up. And mm -hmm. that is conditioning, right? So... Yeah. That is something that is interesting to break and to reflect on. It's like, is that still true for me? Do I want it to be true? 
or do I want this to to change, or is it stopping me from achieving something that I maybe want more? Right. So it's uh, it's similar to all different mindsets shifts, uh, money mindset, same thing. Um, reflect on why you think about these things the way you do, and most likely it comes from your parents. Um, so it's we take a lot of conditioning in the early years um, of what is the right thing to do. And we have to unprogram ourselves to become like fully free in that sense. Um, because otherwise we're just mm. yeah, conditioned and, and yeah. follow, follow that conditioning. Um, and that's not really freedom. Mm. Yeah. Huh. You bring new ideas every second. It's like, I can't write down as quickly as I have like new ideas. What to ask you. Um, but what was it before? Um, I wanted to talk go back to free um, to freedom but there was something before conditioning parents no 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 one second um yeah slowing down mm -hmm. perfect mm -hmm. I just slowed down in this interview so <laughs> through um thinking slowing down like that was one of the things you mentioned um <clears throat> what didn't come easy to you in the beginning like you know you want to achieve your results you want to be quicker you you know the people out there who's the one who makes his first billion and oh, i was half a year younger and <laughs> like that you know so um i think that was a good point that you mentioned that that slowing down and like is it easy no <laughs> it's, i mean i've been working this for well a few years now but more intensively like the last year i would say and it's still hard and i still fail quote unquote every day um, but I, I'm getting better at reminding myself and mm. just say, I mean, th there's a whole world of like that is wrapped around slowing down, right? It's like being more compassionate with yourself for not working, for not being productive, whatever productive means, right? And then you, you start questioning words you've used all the time. What is productivity? That, that can be defined. It's not just work. Working on yourself is also being productive, just in a different way. So there's, mm. there's a there's a universe in that slowing down that that needs to be discovered. It's not just okay, I'm gonna not work today. It's like no, okay, what happens in my mind when I slow down? What doubts come up? What questions come up? Uh, what do I push aside? Why do I pick up my phone when I slow down? Because I want to be stimulated. My brain is not used to slowing down. So there's there's so much in there. Um, I think that that needs to be discovered and understood to some extent, and mm. and work with at least. Um, mm. So slowing down is is powerful, but it's <laughs> it's immensely hard. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because we think ah, oh, you know, everyone wants free time. You know, sit there and ah, oh, people people say oh, I want to work less and spend time and have time. Like time is such a huge word. But once people have time and have to sit on their bum and enjoy time, it's like, what the heck? How can I busy myself? It's really such a paradox or such a contradiction. And I think you touched on many points already because you're facing yourself in those moments. And what about productivity? And yeah, probably this will also be something you bring to, yeah, well, we have to bring to business to shift that, to under or have a new idea of productivity. Because there are already... Um, like if you read Napoleon Hill and all those people, yeah, they already mention that. They mention the ideas which come out of doing nothing. But still we have forgotten that. It's so funny because some of the biggest people out there have already mentioned the power of even like not having a phone, even not reading anything, just looking into nature, you know, and what how this sparked their creativity. And still we we don't listen. We don't listen. And hack away or like busy our minds yeah it's very interesting I, i think also because we don't see others doing it especially like that that's just one aspect of it but social media and and our like the the way we consume media is it's more we see the highlights but we don't really see the, the we don't see the preparation before we don't see mm -hmm. the time spent in nature the time thinking we only see results so It's, it's so easy to fall into that trap. I'm going to buy a new online course so I know these mm -hmm. next 10 steps to achieve whatever I want to achieve. But it's, it's just not, it's not that it's not socially accepted to, to slow down. It's just not visible. And mm -hmm. it's not, you will not see a, 
an online course and slowing down. You will not see a five-hour stream of I walk in nature and think. Right? That's not what you see, <laughs> but we should maybe. Um, yeah. That's, I think, the, the way. Yes, it's been there for, I mean, for thousands of years. Um, mm. And there are, there are so many studies about that, what your brain does when, you, when you're not actively thinking about something, the connection it makes mm. um, when you do something else. Uh, take a shower, for instance. That's why we have the mm. best ideas in, in the shower because so. your brain is thing to write doing things in the background, right? And, mm. But yeah, that it's just not visible, and I think it should be, and yeah. it needs to be talked about more. Is hustling and working all the time is the best way of not having your best ideas. Mm. That's a good good slogan you could use. <laughs> Maybe I should. <laughs> or I'm going to steal it from you. Start a new online course. <laughs> yeah. Ah, five hours of reflection, yes. of quiet reflection. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, another point I, or another thing I wanted to point um, in, and then I want to go more into the mindset part, um, was what you just mentioned about freedom, you know, because you are very freedom oriented. I am very freedom oriented. And I think a lot of the entrepreneurial bubble is created on freedom like i want to be free i want to do my own thing i want to be successful and not have anyone to tell me anything like how to do things and then you said like actually it's the best way to not be free so can you touch a little bit more on freedom and that perhaps um that doesn't work the way people think it works yeah freedom is an interesting concept um and it has That's something I needed to learn. I, I, I used to be uh, like a digital nomad for, for a year traveling around the world and felt like super free. But at the same time, for instance, I felt super lonely because if you're free and you don't have any connections, by definition, you don't have connections to others, right? So freedom is a scale. And if you push it too far, you are lonely. If you don't have it at all, you feel trapped. So everyone needs to find their own personal spot on that scale where it feels right. But it's not a binary thing where it's like, I need to be free, so I start my own business. Also, having your own business doesn't give you a lot of freedom because then you have to run a business and you have employees and you do all these things. So there's, there's always commitment somewhere. And if you choose not to commit, that is also... <laughs> It's also the decision that also has downsides, right? So that's that's one thing. Um, and then there's a maybe a deeper sense of, of freedom where it's more about conditioning and and understanding your patterns. Um, so if you if you look into attachment styles, for instance, how we form relationships, highly dependent on how our parents uh, related to us, how they treated us when we were like two years old. Um, so there's a lot of like very early childhood conditioning um, going on. And if you don't reflect on that part, how free can you be if you're not fully controlling your actions? Right? So yeah. again, it, it's not a black and white thing, but it, mm -hmm. it makes sense to look into the need to feel free and understand what that actually means for ourselves. And then yeah. to also understand why why am I making those decisions? Are they really my mm -hmm. own? Or is that something that comes from my past and I've just never reflected on it? That's a lot of work, to be honest, to really go deep into that. And it's also not always necessary. If you're really, truly happy with where you are, of course, don't work on it, right? It's, uh, yeah. Don't fix what's not broken. Yeah. So um, that's, that's, I think, is, is important to say. But at the same time, Yeah, everyone is conditioned in some way. Um, and it makes sense to look at it and then make choices from that awareness. And that's mm -hmm. then more actual freedom. Yeah, well, I love that. Especially like first the thing you said about don't fix something which is not broken. Because some I think, yeah, sometimes people work or like everything is working and then they've, they break it through trying to fix it even though there was nothing to fix. And the other thing what you said about how How um, truly can you? Uh, how how truly can you be free? Whatever perfect English is, um, if you don't look into the the conditioning you have achieved or not achieved, have you have gotten through your parents and don't work on that? Like you're not free because you're run by those. And the more you look into that, this is actually how you get freedom. This is how you get freer. 
and not through traveling the world and being a digital nomad, what we think. I have been there. So <laughs> here, here. Um, Unless that I is your conscious choice to do that. Yes. And you know, that's what really fulfills you. Then? Yeah. Okay. No, then it's free. But if you try to do that in order to run away and think I'm free, but without looking at what's happening, then, you know, yeah. then you're still bound by that. I think there is this saying that you always take your backpack, like you take yourself in a backpack with you wherever you go, like your issues. So. And that is, I can <laughs> say, for my personal experience, is very true. And I think it's it's important to remember there are a lot of socially acceptable ways to hide from yourself. Mm. Working, hustling yeah. is one, traveling is another, but there are so many. Um, and it's just, yeah. again, awareness. Everything comes down to awareness. Yeah, yeah. So true. Awareness is going to be a, like the title for the, <laughs> for the podcast. Um, what... So let's go a little bit more into what you said before, like not everything in the entrepreneurship or entrepreneur's bubble or hustle bubble or whatever you want to call it is bad. Of course not. So um, can you share some good mindset shifts, for example, around strategy, around goals, what really helps to build a successful business? Perhaps not so much in a how can I ease the most easily burn out and more in a how can I do this in a very or in a more like in a healthier way? Yeah. Some thoughts of how to put this, because I think this is what um, especially sensitive people are struggling with or intuitive people. They have this internal guidance, but they are lacking a little bit the strategy part and the, the structure part. So what can, can you say something to this? Yeah, I think the, the first thing I would say, and that is something I've followed unconsciously for a long time, is don't set goals. I don't like goals. They, in my opinion, they make you feel mostly bad if you don't achieve them, or they make you feel good for a very short amount of time um, when you when you achieve them. So, what is better than goals? In my opinion, systems always outweigh goals. So, instead mm -hmm. of trying to achieve a certain goal, build a system that will get you closer to that every day. Right? It's if you go to the gym, the goal is not to lift 100 kilos. The goal is to go every day because at some point you're going to lift 100 kilos if you keep pushing, right? Yeah. So systems help you to have a level of consistency in execution and smart systems help you to, it's in its core, it's leverage. And that mm -hmm. I, I think what business is about in, in most cases, it's how can I create as much leverage as I can And that's something I see, especially early stage entrepreneurs, like a mistake that early stage entrepreneurs make often is they try to do everything themselves. They try to push hard, but not smart. And mm -hmm. they also believe they have to do everything. Like, and that's yeah. also not true. Simplicity is, yeah. is, is key. Yeah. And experience is knowing what to do and even more what not to do and what is not important. Mm. So the 80-20 principle, mm. um, what is the 20% I need to focus on to get 80% of my results? Yes. Right? And then once you know that, build systems around those, those 20% to, to leverage what you are doing, right? So the, the bigger your lever is, the better, right? Um, that's why you see software businesses doing so well because software is leverage. You write a piece of code and it just keeps doing its thing. You don't have to be up, you can be asleep, it's still working, right? That's one mm. way of leverage. An online course is a different way of leverage, right? People are also leverage in that sense, but obviously not as big of a, uh, of a lever as, as software, for instance. Mm. So I think that's the, the core advice I would give think about what is really important and then build systems mm -hmm. around what's important to, to mm -hmm. leverage yourself. Okay. That's, you said it's all about simplicity. So I think that's quite simple. It is. <laughs> two, two things, two things. It is, oh. it mm -hmm. is. And it should, it should be because that alone, just thinking about what is important is yeah. insanely hard. And that's, yeah. if you look at the, the really successful entrepreneurs, like, or let's look at Warren Buffett or Bill Gates, what they do is they retreat for a certain amount of time and just read and think. And they mm -hmm. think about that, like, where should I focus my energy? 
what is the mm -hmm. one thing that really moves everything or what is the one thing that would make every other thing I do easier mm -hmm. and that is it's hard thinking hard thinking mm -hmm. and analyzing really understanding it forces you to understand what am I doing each day and what happens when I do this if I post this on Instagram what actually happens does it move anything and to answer these questions you have to understand what's actually going on and you get out yeah. of the reactionary everyone is posting on Instagram so I post on Instagram to a more numbers driven analytical approach of running your business which to be honest is very important it's one of the most important thing if you don't understand the numbers of your business you will always struggle and it mm. will always be luck right um, mm. Yeah. You're, you're riding a wave that is uh, that just carries you. But as much as I admire people who have that strong vision of what they want to build, if you don't understand your business, the numbers, which parts of the business contrib contribute to what and the, to the end result, you cannot. You're not really running a business by mm. definition. Yeah. So um, yeah. yeah. So it starts simple, but you can go very deep, and it becomes very complex in terms of what the implications are so mm -hmm. yeah yeah makes total sense and of course you can always go deeper and i think you shouldn't got hung up on that like you know to go into too much complexity yeah. from the beginning on because if we apply the 2080 like rule again then it's <laughs> not understanding all the numbers but like the important numbers and then go deep there um yeah i love that And when you think about your business and then when it like it started as a small business, now it's multiple six figure and growing further. What can you say what the key um, key shifts were to make that happen? Or was it linear? Or was um, there something where you can say like mm, that shift happened, either mindset or, or and or strategic? Yeah, we had a we had a few shifts, I think. In the beginning, we just made it hard for ourselves. Um, that's beginner's mm -hmm. mistake. Um, we tried to be very specific with our offer. We didn't really listen to the market. We just thought, no, that's the right thing to do. So we're going to do that. Um, so mm -hmm. it was more like an ego-driven thing. Right? Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's yeah. a, it's an important learning. Your business is not about you. It's about yeah. your customers. So listening to your customers that's is super important. And... Sometimes that's the match, right? Ideally, you have a business that other people respond to and the market is big enough and that's perfect. But that's not always the case. Or you, you might be doing something that is slowing you down and you don't notice it because you think that mm -hmm. that's how it has to be because that's how you would do it. But that's not really the important thing when you run a business and you want to grow. It's totally yeah. fine if you're not about growth, right? So... Yeah, I, I think that that is an important thing, really understanding who you are building this for, who you are doing this for, and then listening to them, what they need, and giving it to them and creating mm -hmm. real value for your customers. Um, that's mm -hmm. something we didn't really do. We did it a little bit, but we only made, uh, like, how we, we call it, ramen profitability. So we could afford some noodles. Um, oh, okay. That's, that's, that's it. <laughs> But uh -huh. nothing fancy, right? So we, we uh -huh. were doing okay, able to survive. Uh -huh. The big switch came from listening to our customers. And then within... So interviews or surveys talking, or speaking to those who already had bought and asking them, ah, what's, what's your further need and stuff like that. For instance, it can be anything. It can be spending lots and lots of hours in, in Facebook groups and listening to, to people. It can be if you have interviews, that's obviously the best thing. Um, interviewing customers or people who didn't buy, who sent inquiries yeah. but decided not to. Right? That's, that's uh, always good advice to understand what are the blockers. Sometimes it's, it's not really your service that's blocking them. It's something else. Maybe you didn't make it clear on your website. Um, right? It's like risk reversals. Uh, understanding what, what? risk, 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 risk we reversals. Were. It's understanding what your customers see as a risk and then reversing it with some technique on your, either on your website, could be copy, could be a video, could be anything, right? It depends on the risk. Um, but you, you have to understand that your customers see your business differently 
And they, mm-hmm. they might have a boss who says, well, I cannot invest in this. They might have a wife or husband who said, well, you just spent five grand on this coaching. Why? It's like, okay, that's a valid fear. Understand it. What can you, how can you help that person to communicate the benefits to someone else if that's necessary, right? Understanding the fears of your customers and, and, and also the needs and the pain points of your customers to craft a message. And that's not, not really about you in the end. Mm. And yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, a beginner's mistake. And then the, the second thing is what I already mentioned, build systems. Uh, I focus on what I was good at. Uh, in that case, also, I partnered with uh, my business partner. Um, and he focused on what he's good at, and I focus on what I'm good at, which is my strength is system thinking and building and automation. Mm-hmm. So we combine our strength um, where he runs more the operational side. He's a, the, the geek in the business, really deep in, in what we offer. And I build mm-hmm. the structure around it. And by mm-hmm. allowing ourselves to be our best selves in that sense, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. enable the business to grow. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's a. It's sometimes you just need someone else who complements your your weaknesses. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. And um, perhaps also because I know many people in the beginning, there it's more out of fear of like, oh, what if I don't make the money or something like that? And this is how they are looking or why they are looking for corporations like to have like a partner so that it's not only them who who fails, but like at least like shared shared costs or something or shared, shared failure. Um, but the other point, like the point you made just about, um, yeah, bringing the strengths together. So get someone on board who's not the same person as you, but actually bring something to the table that is not your zone of genius and vice versa. I think that's a really good point also for people who are looking for, like, how can I grow my business? Whom whom can I take on board? Yeah. And for example, I have, like, I'm not good in this tech. Like, I can do a little bit of the technical stuff, but I'm not super good in that. So I have someone who helps me with that, who is, like, works for me. She's not... Um, He's not my my business partner, but still, you know, like get people on board who support you in that, what you're not good at. So I think that's super, super useful. Um, yeah, and a little bit about, around money mindset, because I know you were not always wealthy. <laughs> like I think you said before in some of the, the business or startups or whatever it was, you didn't have a lot of money. And now obviously money is not so much the issue. Can you say a little bit around money mindset? Like, how does it feel to have money? Do you want more money? Don't you want more money? What do you think about money? Because obviously all business owners has to do, have to deal with that question. Okay. Share your insights. <laughs> Go. Addressing <laughs> the obvious. Uh, money is a good thing. <laughs> Having money obviously is a good thing. Um, but money is a tool. Nothing else. Right? It doesn't fix anything. It doesn't fix your like your personal issues that you have. Um, it just, it's a tool that can be applied to something else, like a hammer, right? It's like if if you have a problem that can be fixed with a hammer, having a hammer is a good thing, right? So mm-hmm. in this case, how I apply it is to help me in situations where I cannot help myself or where someone else can really accelerate my progress. Personal trainer, is a, a good example because I, I could work out, but I probably won't because I find something else to do and I don't necessarily enjoy the process. But having someone who tells me what to do and who's waiting for me is really helpful in getting me there and working out three times a week without missing um, a day in the last year. So that's, that's yeah it's it's a it's a massive change to trying it multiple times using different apps before and and just never sticking to it and being honest to myself it's like hey this is not super important intrinsically but i understand that it's important for my long term health so it's not really a, a choice it's important so i i pay someone to care about it more than i do that's, I think that's the, the key. Yeah. And the same yeah. is true with our work, right? It's like there's, there is certain, certain parts of like introspection and understanding pattern and also sticking to, well, st- sticking to my learnings, which is uh, it's a big one, um, is, is hard and where I appreciate support. So at some point, 
before I was a bit hesitant, like, is this really moving me forward? But no, it is. And and making that decision to outsource that responsibility to a certain extent, cannot outsource it fully, but mm. it's, it's helpful um, to have someone who, who has the time. And that's oftentimes we, we want to, this from our partners and expect, hey, why don't you give me good feedback? But they're their own stuff, right? So mm. you, it's like buying an hour, whatever a week or what, um, how much you need. It's to, to just get honest feedback from someone who cares enough about you, but not that much that they would lie to you. It's super helpful. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, that's, a, that's a good a good way to phrase it. Yeah. They don't care enough to lie, uh, to lie to you. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's, that's a hard thing in relationships. Like, do I want to be mm. honest and open up the uh, open up Pandora's box for the next two hours, or am I just nice but don't really touch the, the deeper deeper problems? Mm. Right. Yeah. So outsourcing that um, is, is super helpful, and that's just me. You can apply money to to anything: marketing, business yeah. development, what, whatever it is, mm. um, or also new businesses. Right. That's something that mm. I love. That it enables me to do new things that I yeah. didn't think were possible mm. before. Um, mm. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't grow up with a lot of money. I had a normal job, earned okayish money, um, and then went to almost nothing um, while bootstrapping my my business. Went through my savings um, and didn't spend a lot. Still privileged because, well, live in Germany. How bad can it get, right? But it was different. It was an interesting experience to to go from like almost nothing to now a good income again um mm. and yeah just just understanding that money is more a tool than an achievement and it doesn't do mm. doesn't do anything to you if you don't understand how to use the tool so yeah. like having the gym at mm -hmm. home it's like it will not mm. make you fit you have to use it the right way use it so um, yeah. i think it's a it's a good investment to if, if that's a challenge investing in a good money mindset is also it's mm. it's a good investment in itself. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, but it also seems like when you're talking that this was not the main blockages you had because you know so many entrepreneurs they struggle exactly with that. Perhaps it is because you shifted away from money. It was not about making like you know you said it wasn't about goals. It was about building systems. So it wasn't about oh my next money goal and I just like hold on to that for dear life or something. So somehow you seem to have figured that out quite quickly, how to, yeah, yes, money mindset. Yes stuff. and no. I, I think I was never really tied to money itself. I was interested in what money stands for for a while. Um, but like my, my upbringing is not about money. Um, so mm -hmm. it was never, never a big thing for me. Um, but yeah, it's... <clears throat> I, I still look at our, like our dashboards... And like, I don't know, like every two, three days, I look at it, it's like, okay, where are we? The thing is, mm -hmm. it's, that's, I think it's called hedonic adaption. It's, you just adapt to that new normal. It's like, okay, the the first uh, year, it's like, oh, I want to make two, three grand a month so I can pay my bills and I'm fine. Then you level up to, okay, I want to make 10. Then you make 10. It's like, Now I can do 20 and then it becomes 50 and then it becomes 100 and then it becomes a million a month. Right? It's like, it, it, it really doesn't matter. It, it sounds weird before you hit the goal, but once you hit it, it's like, okay, I've done that. What's next? And that's, that is the, the problem, right? Hedonic adaption. We adapt to that new normal. Ideally, yeah. obviously, we adapt much better to the higher normal than the lower normal. Let's be honest here. But yeah, and that's that's the reason why why if you if you look at people who have high incomes, nothing really changes. What they do is they level up their cost of living expenses. So, yeah, they have a bigger car, bigger house, whatnot, right? And then at some point, that is normal. And it's the same thing when you buy your new iPhone or whatever. For two months, it's cool. Maybe maybe for two weeks. And then it's just your phone. Yeah. And the same thing happens with money. 
Um, so I, I love the dopamine hit whenever I see, yes, new uh, highest month, uh, whatever. Right? It's, it's nice. Um, and I feel sometimes a bit bad when I see, oh, uh, that was a bad month. Hmm. Hmm. Sad. But hmm. overall, it's fine. So hmm. I think it's, it's important to keep some distance to that. Hmm. Um, That's a good one. Keep distance, yeah. And understand that nothing changes per se. It's how you use it. I remember so many clients who had like, you know, the biggest month ever. And like for one day, it was freak out moment. And like five days later, it was like, yeah, whatever. You know, now I want more. And like you expect that this kind of hit stays forever. And now you are in this amazing mood all the time. And no, lifestyle, life will, will come back, you know, and then you have all your issues of whatever. Someone doesn't clean the floor as you want it to be in the 10K or 100K in your bank account doesn't change that. No. Yeah, I, I think so. what's that brings up an interesting question, though, like what should we aim for? Right? Mm -hmm. Because for a long time, and that makes total sense if you like struggle to pay your bills or you, you're burning through your savings. Yeah, you're just focused on making more money. And it's, it's, it gets really, really hard to get out of that mindset once you're in it. Uh, I, I see that a lot with my friends who, like some of them now make good money, but it's it's very hard to not be stuck in that old mindset of like of scarcity mindset, pretty much. Like I, I used mindset, yes. to have very little and now I need to be like very careful and I need to make more just to feel safe. And that that money can give you that sense of safety but only if you allow it right it's, it, it's it's work again at least for me it's like and i'm still working on that to be honest to detach from from that old scarcity mindset of like uh do i really want to pay four euros for for that coffee like yeah i i want that coffee now but that thinking is still there it's, it's good to some extent but um Yeah, it's it's hard to detach from the scarcity mm. and it's it's hard to detach from wanting to make more and switching to mm. a new like a new fuel, so to speak, like what fuels mm. your yeah. your entrepreneurial journey once you hit that I think the study is like above 70k a year not really much changes. Um yeah. so at whatever that point is for you, where mm. do you switch to after? And that's, I think, it's my yeah. more personal uh, question these days. Mm -hmm. um, what mm -hmm. is that new driving force? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And also that you bring up, because I spoke with another colleague and friend um, some days ago, we came to the same thing, like having a million in the bank and still dealing with scarcity mindset. It's so interesting. So, yeah, it's like scarcity mindset is not, you can't, buy it out or something you know just make more money and then it's gone it's something you have to consciously work on and yeah i liked what you said about um what fuel do you want to to run your journey on now so that's a really good question i think for everyone to to ask them himself or herself because yeah this point will come um perhaps yeah two last questions one is i wanted to just have some thoughts of, from you about um, like you call yourself an introvert, you are a rather sensitive person, like you're a musician and, you know, sing and play music. So you have this, let's call it like more sensitive traits um, as a guy. <laughs> so how do you, how does this fit in into, into the rather harsh or goal driven or however we want to call this entrepreneur, entrepreneurial journey or where it's also about like being loud and being out there and being con confident and convinced in all of that or convincing. Yeah. How does it work? I, I think I have two, two answers to that. First of all, I never saw myself as very sensitive, to be honest. Um, that's simply because I'm, no, I, I think I, I didn't give myself the chance to be that because mm. it's not a very mm. helpful thing if you want to muscle your way through all the work, right? Uh, mm. So I, I think... So I, I'm not sure if that's my identity these days, and I'm still redefining that and exploring. Mm. Um, but yes, I think I think that it's a danger at least if if you are a bit more more sensitive and you you just get the vibes of other people more and uh, also understand like oh okay today I don't feel like it should I push through 
shouldn't I? It's a tough question. Um, and it's, it's important to at least stay connected to that part. And I think I didn't for a long time because I was just like, okay, to the site, don't need you right now. I need to get some work done. Okay, then I'm going to get some work done. Um, but that also also led to a burnout, right? Mm. Not a good strategy to, to go for. Um, so I think, have again, having awareness, what is your natural, natural inclination, and then staying somewhat true to that. Sometimes you have to work hard, okay? But keeping a balance and then balancing it out and say, okay, this weekend, I'm just going to do something nice for myself. Right? Whatever mm -hmm. your strategy is. Um, but keeping an eye on that is, is important. And then on the other side, um, what you mentioned about going out there and being super confident, that's hard, right? It's like I, I love to stay in my comfort zone. I'm quite lucky that my comfort zone got me this far, right? But at the same time, I, I see my, my limits to some extent of being like really going out there and being like just more aggressive in self-promotion and trying new things that are maybe a bit more risky um, because of um, who knows, right? What what the, what mm. will my friends say? What will people say? I, I think we all have that. Some people mm. maybe not, and I really admire them. Um, but uh, I, I definitely do the question of like, is that acceptable? Uh, which is also a lot of old conditioning. Um, mm. So I, I think being sensitive and like really like, seeing what others feel, even though they don't say it necessarily, or being just afraid or also imagining it. It's also a thing, right? Uh, you can also condition yourself yeah. to imagine certain reactions that never happened. Um, I, I think that's that's something that is it makes it a bit difficult to really go out mm. there and be completely vulnerable and and just do your thing and especially if you are your own like personal brand that makes it even harder which is something i i'm not at right now at least i run an agency there's like a brand around that i i'm the guy in the background who builds the systems no one really knows that i'm there it just works good it works well for me right um so the the risk factor is is not super high but then i probably chose that place so um it's I think it's it's interesting to think about how have like why are you where you are right now? So what what brought you here? It's usually unless you're super lucky, it's usually some kind of fear if you're not fully there where you want to be. It's some kind of fear that holds you back, and if you're more sensitive to these things, and then it's even harder. Mm. That's that's it. Mm. Mm. So let's talk again in like when you have built your personal brand <laughs> and what your answer is. Yeah, uh, <laughs> oh, I, let's, I know who will push me. So. <laughs> oh, okay, amazing answer so far. And now just the last question. Any last thoughts or one last main thought or whatever it is for the audience before we finish our interview? There's so much, so much to say. I know. Um, <laughs> I think I think that the core is is clarity, right? On on in any in any endeavor like business, personal, um, it's really understanding yourself, your own motivations, and why you're doing this, and also why you're not doing certain things. And um, so, getting a clearer map, not of the business world, um, but of yourself and how you behave, like in like what your part is in, in that uh, big uh, wide world out there um, is super important. Because it will tell you, it's like, why do I get triggered when I have conversations with an employee? Why do I stay away from certain businesses? Why do I always go down that path instead of that path, even though maybe that path might be more helpful? Right? There's, there are so many business hacks, but they all don't matter if you don't... Well, you, you can make it, but... It's better if you understand yourself and, and follow that and then utilize all the other things you can learn than focusing on business first. Because ultimately, it's not, it's not really about business in the, in the first mm -hmm. step. That comes, that's com that comes later, I would say. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. I think that's a nice nice thought to end for like a business interview. Yeah, not very business. No, and no, but I, I, you know that I totally sign that. Like all the work I do, all everything I talk about, it's it's about self and business as an, yeah, like an. Uh, the hand or putting on yeah extension mm. extension thank you extension of yourself so yeah and maybe one thing is nice and all the all the people you see out there you might admire who are super successful it might be survivorship bias right because you don't see all the people who burned out along the way so don't admire mark zuckerberg just because you built that business there are only like five of these businesses in the world it's clearly survivorship bias so um Focus more on yourself. See what gives you energy. Do that much better strategy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like that. Um, okay. Thank you for your time, for your energy, uh, for your questions, for your answers. It was so much fun talking to you. And I would say until the next time. Yeah. Until next time. My pleasure. Did you like this podcast episode? Then I would be super, super grateful if you gave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Super helpful. And please subscribe to the podcast and share it with people who you know can benefit from it. You can find all links to my social media profiles, my website and contact form in the show notes. And whenever you're ready to take a next step, and that means you want to live a life of more on all levels, then send me a message with where you want to go and what is keeping you where you are, like what keeps you stuck at the moment. And then I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you for listening and until the next episode, much love to you, Lydia. Bye.